Welcome to Nerds Geeks in the Kitchen Sink. It's the podcast that's like hanging out at the video store, but today it's like hanging out with author A.G. Mock. A.G., how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm good awesome. Morning. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yes, yes. See, I, I'm nice when we have a guest was because I won't interrupt you. Yes, thank you. I mean, you. this is twice in a row that I haven't interrupted you when you did the whole opening. Chris's thing. whole thing is that he interrupts me to try to make me look bad. <laughs> so I well, stumble. Oh, okay, hold on. The whole story with this is we've been <laughs> doing this show for over three years. It took him roughly a year to, to not even. have to look at <laughs> to not have to look at the paper for the intro. And then okay. I changed it. And then I just and then went he changed, and changed it to it. make yeah. it shorter. So I had to make it worse on him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us, AG. Um, it's the Halloween season. Halloween is upon us. Yes. Um, anybody have any fun, spooky plans for the season? Well, I'm going to be really boring and tell you that, believe it or not, surprise, surprise, shocker, Halloween's my favorite holiday. <laughs> oh, oh really? really can you imagine that no not at all i know all. see i yeah. told you i was going to give you some exclusives oh that's number one yeah. so you can take that one off that's the headline Back. done Chick. yeah um, but oh my gosh can i tell you i go big or go home like straight up last year um as well as having all the the physical props out in the front yard and all that um i've really started um playing with projection Oh, yes. And um, holographic sheets. Uh, they're like, it's like a big, gosh, 60 square foot sheet that is oh, in wow. daytime perfectly visible. Right. Yeah. But at nighttime, um, when you have um, lights around it, just in, in just the right way to sort of draw your eye away from it, it really becomes invisible. And then you project the the, the scenes onto it. And, I've seen uh, those. Those are yeah, awesome. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I had just the best. I mean, people were like, awestruck they were slack dog walking by we had one dog that would refuse to walk in front of our house i know and I, i'm a dog lover so i felt so bad I, I wanted to turn it all off just so he can get by bless him but that's me this year we just moved six months ago which i know isn't just but it sort of is it is and, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. i was and, saying if you've ever moved in yeah in six months is still just moved. i moved yeah, several so years ago <laughs> it feels like i just moved <laughs> right especially when it's a state move we moved from florida to south carolina oh wow um so um all of that plus most important by far is book two of the new apocrypha which mm -hmm. is yeah planned right now and working hard to reach a holiday release so that people can get it for you know christmas and the holidays and um I had to make a choice. It was brutal, but I had to decide, do I make sure that I get book two out or do I enjoy Halloween? So, <laughs> so I said, Halloween, screw the book. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I did yeah. not. I did not. I'm, I'm kidding. All of you readers, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have sacrificed my own Halloween, literally, because I said it's go big or go home. Yeah. I'm not one to put out like a little couple of fake ghosts and then call it a day. So yeah. I just decided to go home. We'll We'll have trick or treat candy available, but... Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll wait till next year till we introduce ourselves to the neighbors. Oh that way. yeah, the right. Okay, yeah. now I do have a question with Halloween. Where you're at? Do they do it multiple days or just on Halloween? <laughs> right, that's the whole thing now. Since when did all that become so confusing? Uh, it's, yep. Yeah, <laughs> here they just do it on Halloween, so it'll be tomorrow night. Um, See, we had it, and in, in, in our town we had it last, last night because we had the Halloween parade on a Saturday. 
Right. And then we'll have it on the day. Right. I'm I'm a I'm a on the Halloween day kind of person. So we just kind of watched horror movies last night and had all the lights off. What'd you watch? So, uh, let's see. I watched The Exorcist, nice. Trick or Treat. Yeah. And then what else did I watch? You did a triple feature. Yeah, I did a triple feature. <laughs> Good lord. Um, The Shining. Oh, that's a hell now, of a triple feature. You, yes. I adore The Shining. My wife has yet to see it. She is not a horror aficionado in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> so um, even reading my books, she was tentative. Yeah. But um, <laughs> she has not seen The Shining. I adore The Shining, obviously, as an author. So how right. can you not, right? Well, and yeah. he has that and, stack I mean, yeah. of pages, and all he has is all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Isn't that <laughs> yeah. what's written on the pages? Right, yeah. And there's like 300 of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That just is so creepy. I love it. So I'm going to try to get to her to sit down and watch that with me this evening, actually. Okay, oh, now have great. you seen the sequel? I haven't. I didn't even know there was a sequel to it. Yeah, Doctor and, Sleep. And, yeah, Doctor Sleep. It's, oh, Doctor Sleep. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty good. Is it's, it? Yeah, it actually is pretty good. Now, is that a movie or is that a no? It's a both. movie. Yeah, it's both. Both. Yeah, it's I thought book. it was a limited series somewhere as well. Oh no, it's it's oh. a mo- it's a movie and it's a King book. It's an actual King book. All right. Uh, so gotcha. Uh, I but, thought I saw it as limited series. So it's just a like a two hour hour and a half movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's lengthy, but it's a it's worth it. It's a great companion to The Shining. Yeah. Ewan All McGregor right. is pretty know. awesome in it. Yeah. Light. Nice. I like it. So that's what yeah. we'll be doing tonight. Here's you know I'm I'm with you. I'm a classicist when it comes to things like the holidays i'm all about october 31st however i have to admit i'm not a parent myself but i i have to admit if i were a parent i think this whole make it the last saturday of october would be like super beneficial for everybody <laughs> because the fact that you had to introduce the, the whole idea of halloween by saying when are you celebrating it right that's, yeah. that's absurd isn't it yeah it really is <laughs> <laughs> Right. So I think I think that idea of having it is and I hate to say it, but having it like the last Saturday of October, that's it done. Everyone celebrates then. You know that that's when the trick or treaters are coming. That sort of makes a whole lot right. of sense. But I'm sure I'll get pushback from readers on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Oh, yeah. I used to like your books until you said that. <laughs> the sacred holiday. <laughs> I, uh, I think I'll be celebrating a different sacred holiday by watching The Crow tonight. Devil's. Oh, night. nice. Um, yeah, so Brandon Lee. What is one it? of my yeah yep. one of my all time faves. So I'll be doing right? that. I think. Yeah. Now, is it true that he actually died on that set, or did he yep. die after the film? No, I he, he died. No, he died on the set. He, he died on during the, the filming. Yeah. Right, because yeah. they yeah. had to manipulate how they finished the film without him. Of course. Yeah. yeah. There are several points in the film when it's not him. Yeah. Or they digitally right. put his face. Kind of, kind of the first, first uh, deep fake. In kind of, yeah, yeah, right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And where it's not very good, it's a weekend in Bernie's thing, right? Where they were just holding him up. And <laughs> oh, I know that's is it too soon? That's, that's, a, little, little, yeah. that's a little grim. <laughs> but it's I funny, laughed. but yeah, yeah, it's, it's grim, I but laughed. hey, you're in the right place. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's play this game. Oh, you want to start what with do that? I win, by the way. Okay, we can start with it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What do I win if I win? You win the adoration, the continued adoration of every listener and all of your readers. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Hit me. I would love you to beat Chris, by the way. This would be, I would love for Chris to lose. I'm sorry, buddy. I would love it if uh, every time you root root against me every time. That's brutal, but I know. Right. All right. Bring it on. Let's see. All right. So we're going to play horror before and after. 
Okay. I'll give you two. It's one clue, and it's either going to be movie titles or the the like an actor in in the horror genre, something something fairly known. I'm not. I tried not to go anything too deep cut, but some of these might be on the edge. <clears throat> so, right. um, so for the first one, uh, I'll give you a, an example clue: uh, Peter Jackson and Sam Raimi early film, and the answer would be Evil Dead Alive. Yeah, yeah Evil Dead, and then Dead Alive. Evil Dead okay. Alive. Oh. Okay. oh my gosh. And you said you didn't go too obscure? Well, that's why I gave you that one as the clue, <laughs> to be honest. Um, okay, so this is kind of like Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, they have that too. Have you ever seen the, yeah. the, the All right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna be go, probably 0 for 10 on this, but no, 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 I get no, no. one. Oh, no, be, no, I get, I get pretty bad on these. Yeah, we got that. All right, here we go. Um, clue number one. The OG possessed child star and a found footage movie about a really bad time in the woods. Oh gosh, Linda Blair Witch, Blair Project. Witch Project. You got it. Yeah, you got it. Well, who got that? I think that was you did. Oh, you did. Oh, you got it. Oh, it goes to mock. Yep. All right, there's my one. So now there's no more pressure. <laughs> I got what I wanted. I told you. I tried not to be too, uh, you know, underground with these. A John Carpenter movie with Donald Pleasance that isn't. Halloween, and an early 2000s creature feature whose antagonist is the Tooth Fairy. Oh, gosh. I don't know this one, Chris. It's all over to you, my friend. A oh, John Carpenter movie with right. Donald Pleasance that isn't Halloween, and an early 2000s creature feature whose antagonist is the Tooth Fairy. Isn't Halloween. Like, none of the Halloweens? It's not related to Halloween. N- not at oh, all. Man. Donald Pleasance. I'm Carpenter. trying to think. Wow. I know. I mean, I got think- the last part. Donnie P, you got the last part, but not. Mm. Yeah, you're upsetting me a little. I know. <laughs> All right, what's well, the last part? Okay, Doctor yeah, Giggles. Oh, you're so wrong. What? It's not Doctor Giggles. <laughs> I think Doctor Giggles was '90s. Oh, okay. Um, if you guys don't know, I'll just give you the answer. No, go for it. Yeah. Um, Prince of Darkness. I... Okay. Darkness Falls. Prince of Darkness oh, Falls. Oh my god. Okay, nice. I totally right, well. forgot about that he was in that. Yeah, he's the priest. He's he's yeah, like an unhinged. I know. I know. He's incre- Donald Pleasance is like top tier in that movie. He's an unhinged priest defending this crazy church in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it, it, it's nice. so good. It's I'll so strange. I've never seen it's that. it's really good. Yeah, it's very apocalyptical. Yeah, um, love it uh, big time. Uh, okay, a Tim Burton Ichabod Crane Ichabod Crane story, a Tim Burton Ichabod Crane story, and an invisible. Kevin Bacon. Sleepy Hollow Man. Hell yeah. Oh, nice one. <laughs> nice. I was, I was, it was right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was on the tip. <laughs> on the tip. Yeah, and you just beat me to it. All right. <laughs> All right. So it's it's one one, one, one here. One yep. one. All right. A Jamie Lee Curtis slasher about a school dance and the mother of all zombie films from Romero himself. And the mother of all zombie films. From Romero himself. Prom Night of the Living mm-hmm. Dead. Yes. Sweet. Yes. Two to one. <laughs> the tip. It was there. Uh-huh. He was already passed. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. Just gone. Yep. <laughs> All right. Okay. This one was my personal favorite answer. Um, a recent Mike Flanagan Netflix series with a lot of ghosts and a classic Vincent Price movie about a scary sleepover. Mm-hmm. Scary sleepover. My dogs are going nuts. They must know the answer. Scary sleepover. Gosh, I'm... 
I know I should know this. You the really should. I, can't, I know. Oh, gosh, that is right. That is it. So at the tip of my tongue, I'm trying to remember the name of that film. It's like right there. Yeah. They take place in similar locations. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ah, that it's right in the end. Ah, that I can't think of that last one. Chris, have you got it? This is no. a chance because I'm struggling. Right. It's like no, right there. I, I can't grasp it. That last. I, I can title. see the movie in my head, but I cannot mm-hmm. think of the title of the stupid movie. Gosh. You got ten seconds, Chris. St. Louis's own Vincent Price. Why do I not know this? Mm. Haunting of Hill House on Haunted Hill. Yes, yes, yeah! you got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm kicking myself. I should. Wow, it was right there. Yeah, yeah, I so can that's... see the staircase in that second. Oh film. yeah. Uh, so that's three to one. Yep. Chris is going down, and we're halfway <laughs> there. We're halfway there. All right. <laughs> A Robert Rodriguez crime slash vampire movie and a classic zombie film with a remake by Zack Snyder. From Dust Till Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Yep. Nice. Oh boy. Three, two. Three, two. It's come back. All right. There's only four more left. I know. (laughs) All right. So here we go. A James Wan puppet horror film that is not Annabelle and the classic Hannibal Lecter story that isn't Manhunter. I think the James Wan is probably where people are going to trip up. Mm. No, the, I don't know. I can think on that all day. One of the best horror themes ever, if you ask me. Chris, it's over to you. I can't think. I know I'm going to kick myself on this one, too, but I cannot think of the James Wan. I'll kick you if you want. Go for it. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm out. Dead Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I'm, damn it. I was Dead Silence. Yep. Yeah. That's Here an I okay movie. Yet. I was trying to think of puppets. I'm like, man. It's it's really, it's a ventriloquist dummy, but a dummy is yeah. a puppet. Don't get, yeah. don't, don't okay. even. <laughs> all right. Kept, so that's still three to two, right? Three to two. Puppet Master kept going through my head all the time. And I knew mm. that wasn't James Wan. No, right. Me too. Although a James Wan Puppet Master would be really would fun. Be awesome. <laughs> to be honest, I would love to see that. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, we've got three left. A haunted house movie remake with Daniel Radcliffe and a classic Bava film in black and white about a reanimated witch. Mm, I, I know the first part, I'm trying to think, yeah, of the reanimated witch. And what film, what, who, who did that film? Mario Bava, mm, the reanimated witch, black. It's got it's got some visual. It's got one visual thing that people, even if you haven't seen the film, you you would recognize if I showed you probably. Right, I'm sure. I know the first. I don't know the second. Do you know the yeah. second part? Mm mm. No. Nope. All right. All right. I know it it's the woman in black. The woman in black Sunday. <sighs> okay. Black Sunday. Yeah. Uh, okay. A great. A great. Very moody. It's so. It's so strange that movie because it's. I think it comes out in. 70 1970 i could be wrong but it's black and white and it's not not 70 might be no it must be 70 anyway it's in black and white and they could have gone color but it's very moody and old school but with like they push the gore in a you wouldn't normally see that in a black and white movie right. like that they really push the gore it's interesting nice um, all right two more a rob zombie witch film 
and the classic Toby Hooper Stephen King adaptation. Rob Zombie Witch film. Yeah, it's his only movie that I even even like want to watch again. I'm trying to think what's even close. Right. <laughs> it's easy. He's got one that's super obvious. <laughs> I, I Again, know. If you should yeah. be kicking yourself, it's this one, Chris. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't have this one either. I'm, it stars. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, shockingly, it stars Rob Zombie's wife. <laughs> surprise! Surprise! <laughs> right? Surprise! Surprise! Go on, hit it. What is right. it? Yep. Lords of Salem's Lot. Ugh. Lords of Salem's Lot. God. Uh, All right, so this is the last one. It's either going to be... It. It's a tie or, or, or a win. Yeah, yep. it is three to two. All right, so uh, on this one. All right. A 2008 Clive Barker adaptation starring Bradley Cooper and a Korean zombie film about a father and daughter taking a little trip. Oh, are we going to end on a? Are we going to end on a no answer? We can end with this beautiful oh, cat that just showed hello, up. Hello, kitty. <laughs> Get out of here, dude. <laughs> I don't know that one. So, I mean, I'll take the win. But how disappointing to end it on that? <laughs> I know. I like, right? You're just like Chris has an answer, and you're like, I'll take the win. No, yeah. he's out. He's out. I'm yeah, out. I'm the, out. Win. I, the wind. The wind is mine. You're calling yeah. it. You're calling it. All right. Uh, Chris, I mean, any guesses, Chris? No, I'm trying to. I know you know both of these movies. I, I probably do. Right. Yeah. Did you Midnight. just hear my delicious uh, oh. little buzzer? Oh, <laughs> no, I didn't hear it. But... <laughs> oh, you didn't hear it? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've got a cat that's going nuts. Hey, buddy. Yeah, that's a nice view right there. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The answer. Oh, do you want to read it? Midnight Meat Train Meat to train. Busan. Okay. Yeah, I would train to Busan. That. Chris, you talked about I know. that movie on this show. I know. I know. I know. I know. Well, I'll take the win. Oh. All right, Thank there it is. For the win. W. Hey, this hey, is what I wanted. W. It's just like soccer. Yeah. This However, exactly... we at a three to two, it means that we missed half the half. The exactly. Don't it think about pretty... that. <laughs> Focus on the donut, not the hole. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'm taking okay, it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, well, that was fun. really Thank fun. So yeah. yeah. Thanks for playing, guys. Uh, yes. I, I spent a lot of time making those clues. Just well, hoping, good questions. Hoping you would say yes <laughs> to playing. <laughs> yeah, that would have sucked if I was like, nah, yeah. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, it was fun. Good job. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so uh, let's get into the book a little bit. Um, yeah. I read it. Chris, did you read it? Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, well, AG has has a book available now called The Little Woods. Yeah, it's yes. here. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Is that is that written the right way or is it it's, No, it's right. You got it right. It's not backwards. Yeah. Okay, good. There um, you go. I I actually I work a lot and I so I partook in the audiobook myself with Joe Hampton uh-huh. narrator. Uh-huh. Yep. Chris, I know you bought the hardback. Yes, I actually and it's nice. sitting right there. There it is. Thank you. And can I say, I I love the way that the cover's printed. I love that sort of matte, sort of velvety feel that yes, you have I on do. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It just, you know, that tactile sensation always makes me happy when I pick it up. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I will be doing all of the hard covers that way. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And you yeah, just get awesome. that you get that old school feel for it. You just go, oh, this is a real book. Like right. it, all, all the best scary things I've ever read have come from books like these. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, so what do you want to know about the little ones? Well, um, I don't want to ask all those dumb normal questions like, oh, where'd you get the idea? Well, where do you get your... <laughs> what inspires <laughs> you? Yeah, but I'll answer yeah. that one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you want to, yeah. Did you guys, did you both, I'll put you on the spot now, did you both read the personal note from the author at the beginning? If it played in the audio, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a little yeah. invitation to come along right. into the little yes, words. Yeah, yes. I, I did. That, and here's the thing, you know, I'm, and I'm going to admit something here. As a reader, I have been awful in, in my... <laughs> history of sometimes like skimming over um introductory matter in mm -hmm. books mm -hmm. which is such a big mistake because um as an author i can tell you if you fail to read the personal note from the author or especially if you fail to read the 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 prologue which is a simple page right um you will completely be missing out on a huge part of the enhancement of the story. Mm -hmm. It'll still be a great story, I feel, to read, but when you read that prologue, especially, it sets the whole, it tees the whole thing up, tees up the whole mm -hmm. story. Right. And the whole book is teed up by the personal note from the author, which is right at the very beginning. And that personal note's so very true because this is certainly not autobiographical. It's certainly not, <laughs> we hope a, not. not right? <laughs> it's certainly not nonfiction, right. it is fiction. But as it says in all of the blurb, it is inspired by real events, very much so. There is a real Little Woods where I grew up. Um, it is true that all of us just, uh, um, if, if I remember right, I believe that I say that like grains of salt, we were just cast around the earth after we grew up. And mm -hmm. that is yeah. complete, complete truth. Very few of my friends, certainly the ones I hold most near and dear, have remained in that area. There's something disturbing at some deep unconscious level about the area, which on the surface makes it look like a very idyllic neighborhood, you know, families going to school, playing games in the woods. Mm. Um, but there was a real little woods. There was a real beach nut. That neighborhood is very legit. It was about 30 houses and like a very rectangular figure eight where I grew up. So, you know, you know, everybody. Yeah. especially kids who are in your age range. And when we were those ages that the boys are in the book, when we were, you know, 10, 12, 15, we played the game of war that oh, they yeah. played the little oh, ones. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm, I'll be honest, it got pretty brutal. It didn't get as brutal as in the book, <laughs> but I will, I will admit that it got, it got pretty bad. I mean, it was as if just, and I won't go into too much about the book, but it was as, because I don't want to spoil it, but it was as if um, a special something was having an impact on certain particular members mm. of the group who were playing. I think, I think we all felt it. I think some of them succumbed and submitted to it more than others. And there was this sort of demonic sense of like, there's something that you can tap in here that's very dark and evil right. and it would be very easy to do things that would be out of your normal scope of of ethics and yeah it was pretty rough so wow. that is all very true and and it really was cathartic for me to write the little woods because i had that seed inside me that i felt i had to just let it come out and sprout and become something besides just a memory of my own mm. And sure. uh, that's really where it came from.
Oh, well, excellent. Uh, yeah. I, I tell you, one of my favorite aspects of the book was the, uh, I guess that you would call him the antagonist. Uh, although his nature, its nature maybe isn't completely there, but um, right. I, I really like the main visual that is um, assigned to that character and the uh, right. Yeah, the voice of, uh, yeah, I don't want to tell, say anything, but no, I like no, no, the no, idea. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, that, that is something to me that like, uh, you know, uh, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but a, a childhood thing coming back like that would be uh, yeah. absolutely terrifying, particularly in that way with that visual. Right. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I appreciate yeah. that. I agree. I, <laughs> I thought that was one of the cooler things in the book. I really, right. that was really neat. Right. And um, elements of that will carry on into book two, by the way. Um, but it will then expand and evolve from there okay. um, even deeper and darker. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, that sounds almost ironic to say, but as it gets deeper and darker, it actually becomes more realistic even mm. in book two. Um, so I'm excited about that. But yeah, yeah, that I know exactly who you're talking about. And that, um, gosh, that character is just nerve shredding to me <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that was kind of one of my yeah i was gonna say that was kind of one of my next questions is like where is that kind of what aspect is he going and you know or that character going in the in the next is it going to be more of a singular kind of point are you so you're, next, are yeah. you asking like is that same entity going to continue yes is that what you're asking yes yes well i bet we well, won't get the answer to that no yeah he <laughs> Well, yes and no. He there will be a, appearances, but he will, um, as I said, he will deepen and evolve to right. his true nature, as opposed mm -hmm. to just merely the medium. Right. That's what I was hoping. Sure. That's, sure, that's sure. Uh, yeah. honestly, that's which, what I was hoping. The medium is a great way to put it, yes. right? Because <laughs> it is a it is a medium in which something else resides, right? And right. Um, and yeah, that flits around just as it did in the little woods from person to person if you recall yeah um a, almost like a personification of right. evil appearing in and mm -hmm. out touching us the way that as i said in real life in many ways um certain of us we all felt it but certain of us were susceptible to that and i feel that sort of visually tangibly personifies that by showing it going from person to person throughout the little woods and that will continue but again deepen and evolve and become much more cataclysmic in book mm. two good that's kind of what i was hoping yes thank you <laughs> so now i do have a question about a certain character kind of where you got and she doesn't appear until a little bit later in the book oh i know exactly you I mean you're talking yeah. about della yes oh, yeah, yeah. i yes. love della what are your thoughts on della do you like her I do like her. She kind of reminds me. I don't know if you've seen. Um, well, I know you've seen um, Tangina from Poltergeist, the great Zelda Robertson Rubenstein. or Rubenstein. Okay, yeah. And then she kind of reminds me of a combination of her and sister uh, Andrea. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, show Evil. No. Oh, it's Mike Coulter, and it's really good. Um, anyway, there's a nun in there named Sister Andrea, and it remind, reminds me that character type is like a combination of those two people. Right. 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 Interesting. Well, I've never seen that, so I'm going to have a look now. Yeah. But I love Della. She, 
she came in. Ex- so here's the thing: when <clears throat> there's when there's two types of authors. If you have to boil us down to two two <laughs> classifications, there it doesn't matter what genre you, in which you write. There are basically, and I feel most authors would agree, there are plotters and there are pantsers. Plotters will have it all plotted out and they will have, you know, chapter one, chapter two, chapter 25, and they know where it's going. And, and it's very structured. And, you know, I'm envious that whenever they look at it, they can say, okay, almost like sitting down to a nine to five job. Okay. Here's what we got on the agenda for today. So this is going (laughs) to happen. Let's go write it. The other type is a pantser. I am so a pantser. We just fly by the seat of our pants. And that's not because I do it because I'm lazy or because I can't plot or summarize. Um, When I write, and I've heard this so many times before, so I hate to sound cliche or like I'm mimicking, but it's it's a a truth for me. When I write, especially when it's going very well, I no longer am actually writing per se. Instead, I'm almost like a stenographer who's just taking down Mm -hmm. in a courtroom the things that are being said and done, you know, I'm just taking dictation. Those characters very much have a life of their own and um, they do what they do and and they say what they say and they, their personalities evolve as they evolve. And I just, when it's really flowing so well, I just take it down and I'm often myself surprised with where it goes. Um, So I, myself, when I write, will have, no definite idea of where the story is going. Not necessarily. I know mine normally starts with a, a general idea, a visual in my mind, oftentimes the title, and then where I'm going to go with this. And like, wow, that's a really cool story. I want to tell that story. But once I start putting it down, I don't know where it's going to go myself. I would hate to be writing it to know how it ends because how boring is for me, how boring. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. You yeah. don't want to know. That's no. why we're not giving any spoilers. You don't want to know right. what happens at the very end of the little ones. Cause no. it's still a great story, but you know, it's sort of, it's like watching the sixth sense. You can appreciate it the second and third time, but it loses it that punch, right? That bam that yeah. hits you as soon as you get to the end of it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I don't want that for a reader, and I don't want it for myself as a writer. I love not knowing necessarily exactly. I have an idea, of course. You know, I'm sort of like God of this universe, and I'm letting things happen. But I also let them have their own free will, and they they do what they do. So Della very much just sort of appeared. She was just like, hey, I'm here. It's time for me to show up. <laughs> like, you know, tapping her foot on the side of the screen, just waiting to come walking in like, ta-da! <laughs> and I adore Della. And it's funny because she comes in about between half and two thirds of the way, I think. Yeah. And when she comes, it really goes in the direction that it was always intended to go. And we're no longer, I think, at that stage building up but now we're moving to this destination. So we're sort of building, building, building the tension. And then from Della onwards, that last third of the book is really all just a tense, taut climax of what's right. going on. Yeah, and she I really felt like she's yeah. one of my favorites as well. Yeah, she really felt like she was the shepherd of that last, you know, half third of the book. Right. You know, really everything kind of. I mean, I wouldn't say revolved around her, but it seems like it, she had. A it presence seems like in... the other characters would not have a clue if she if she were right. not around, <laughs> right? And that's that's completely right. They would yeah. be rather clueless because they um, 
they're they're two young men who grew up in western pennsylvania one disappears and goes to new york because of things that happen and he's separating himself from that life and that childhood and that memory right just erasing its existence the other one stays ends up staying in the same house that his where his parents lived where he grew up buying the house from his parents and so they their lives when there's the brothers are so close all the way through the beginning and then their lives diverge <clears throat> and then you basically have someone who's wanting to become a high-powered advertising exec in manhattan someone who's you know a happy father in his same home in the same hometown two very different characters but both clueless about spirituality, um, spiritual spiritualism, um, about psychic phenomena, things like that. Even though there's something that the boys share, you'll remember that as an mm -hmm. adult, that particular thing that they share, they sort of either forget about or or push deep down so that it's immersed in um their subconscious somewhere and that mm -hmm. don't you think though that's true of all of us like we've all grown up with you know remembering scary things that happened as a child and oh, yeah. thinking we saw monsters under the bed and then as we get adult we start to push that down and submerse it and like you know that's just silliness and forget all that well the boys very much do that just like you and i do and um without della they want they you're right they wouldn't have a crew i mean a clue i mean dustin you said like they'd be just sat there like yeah <laughs> and that's true because they would they don't really yeah. know what's what's happening they they understand like the specific facts of what's taking place in their lives they don't understand what why that's happening or what the force is behind it mm -hmm. Della Absolutely. helps as you said shepherd yeah. them that's a great word there's something about that sort of creepy childhood nostalgia that i personally can't get enough of. I'm always digging back into what scared me the most as a kid. What memories do I have? Right. What what thing yeah. creeped me out? You know, uh, in the woods or at my parents' house in the middle of the night or whatever the thing was. Those are my favorite things. Like when I'm being creative, that's like my go-to well of things to pull out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's my favorite. It's just my favorite feeling. I guess I, I don't know, but um, I like that that's sort of where you went as well with this. And uh, I think it's a very potent place to, uh, to get inspired from. And I just, I think that's really uh, interesting that you did the same. And I, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I'm, I'm truly, although this is not autobiographical, like every writer in the world, whether you are published, not published, just doing it in a journal, the things you write come from your history, from your, right your life yep. and so much of what happens in little woods some of it is extremely close to the mark of what really <laughs> happened sure and i won't ever reveal what just how much of that is um as i say in the beginning you know <laughs> we, we won't ask yeah. yeah we protect the names of the innocent and yeah. <laughs> the others um oh yeah <laughs> but um where was i going with that oh yeah about but the whole childhood thing you know a lot of what happens in Little Woods through various characters are resonant of things that happen in my life. When when you have, do you remember Craig Dalton? And mm -hmm. Craig is, he's like the more, <laughs> he's the more lascivious one, right? He's a little <laughs> bit more lewd. He's the one that looks at his dad's, 
you know, girly mags. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And we all, while, while as boys, you we're, would, it's part of growing yeah. up. It's part of, and here's, what's funny. I actually had a, I actually had some comment somewhere from some reviewer. It must've, I don't know if it was a man or woman, but I could have done without that part. And it just made me laugh because you know what, this is, this is how, you know, boys and girls evolve and, and, and start to explore their sexuality, especially I think boys. And it's very much part of life. And if you are a boy or if you're a girl who had a brother, that's like, that's something that, you know, you'd look, you find, you dig out your dad's girly mags, (laughs) (laughs) at least back in that era before the internet, you dig out your dad's girly mags when they would go off to on date night or whatever, stuff like that. And uh, the whole Craig Dalton thing, when he then, if you remember, has a night where he is, and we won't we won't say how that night ends, but he has that night where his mom and dad are out, like I just said, on a date night thing, and he's left alone in the house, and he's doing exactly that. He's got the girl in mags, and he's got he's watching like Charlie's Angels and these different things <laughs> that are in 1977 television, um, and then he goes to watch the Creature of the Black Lagoon. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. And just before he wants to watch it, he goes upstairs to take a pee break and make sure he's got all his snacks ready. <laughs> Well, that's very real because that's exactly what happened. I that was a real part of my life as a young man of that age. My parents had gone out. I was excited to watch like all those, you know, Charlie Angel shows and things like that. And then um and then it was Creature of the Black Lagoon was coming on. Um whereas in the book it's in the summer, I believe it was probably October, closer to Halloween yeah. in my real life. And I was so excited. I was probably, you know, nine or 11 to watch Creature of the Black Lagoon and how adult it was and how exciting it was going to be. And mm-hmm. I had all my snacks and I ran upstairs just like Craig does to go take a pee and went flying around the corner in my socks on the hardwood and literally did, you know, like a Tom Cruise risky <laughs> because the front door was open. Oh, just like if I if I'm not mistaken, I think that happens to Craig in that moment. He's like, I'm sure I left that clothes i'm sure mm-hmm. i had clothes because i did you know i was it was one of the first times i remember that i was left alone and i remember closing the front door up there um because this was like a ranch split level the tv room was down next to the garage you know mm-hmm. that room and you had to go up a half step and a half step again um to get to the upper floor where the bedrooms and bathroom were and that happened to me man i ran upstairs in the kitchen did that spin around the corner and right there the living room door to the front of the house was wide mm-hmm. open and it freaked me the hell out because yeah. I I know, and that's the truth. I know I closed it. So how that happened, I don't know. But sure. you know, that was a real part of my life as a child. And That'll do it. Yeah, it stuck with me. And sort of some of the things that happened to Craig later that night also happened to me, but more in a dreamlike state. Sure. Or visionary state. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's, yeah. I was going to ask, and this is totally the name Craig Dalton. I immediately was like, is this a James Bond reference? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Dalton and Daniel Craig. Right. Yeah. Both Bonds. No, no, not at all. But it's, again, sometimes the, the names, I had never had a problem naming the characters because, as I said, they really exist for me. And mm-hmm. That's my schizophrenia and multi personalities coming up sure <laughs> they have their own names it's like i i don't have to name them they just they just are just like oh that's craig dalton <laughs> yeah sorry i have dogs going nuts again oh so i can't hear them so you're good oh really okay but then i'll uh i'll continue i can't can you um, hear them chris i can't really 
Uh, I think maybe with the cans on, I can, but uh, it's I'm real not, faint in the back. I'm not it's super no worried about it. Nah. Um, <laughs> Okay. Anyway, uh, you mentioned Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, I'm interested to know what other horror films may have inspired you. Mm, Good point. Well, I mean, all of them. I don't pull from any particular one. Um, But of course, you know, they all had a play in forming, you know, where my soul goes, where my mind goes, where my heart goes when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Of course, as did, you know, all, all of the books. However, I will say this, there is a um, one particular film that was the tipping point for me. And that story in brief is that, um, I'm going to preface this real quick. Can I, do you mind? Before no, I get no, that, no, this is all you. that horror story. Yeah, no. And then you'll, it'll probably make more sense. Um, and this is very serious and this part is actually quite poignant for me so it's hard to get through but i think it's worth knowing um you know that the things that happened around my neighborhood on the cusp of the little woods were very real it was very scary um my father passed when i was seven years old he was only 33. Hmm. Um, he was an ex-marine wonderful man intelligent first of his um of his family to go and his siblings to go to college you know was working in a steel mill, just like is mentioned in the Little Woods, but mm-hmm. in a uh, managerial um, role as a, as opposed to downpouring molten steel, um, where his brother still was. So just like had Cockerton, you know, that's, there's elements of my dad there. But he died of colon cancer when he was 33, just out of the blue, just took him in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And um, that was devastating to me. I was, you know, six, seven years old at the time. Mm-hmm. So that was hard. Now, keep that in mind out of a home, out of a group of what 30 homes to have one adult in those 30 homes pass at the age of 33 is probably going to fulfill your statistics for unpleasant, tragic things happening. Right. I mean, sure. in a group of 30 homes, you don't have all these people dying. Right. You know, if one person dies like that, tragically, that's probably the quota. Um, and unfortunately, it was my dad. However, equally, unfortunately, he was not the last. Um, mm. A girl that I went to, I'm a drummer. I've always been a drummer since Hey, same. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Rock one. Hey, that's I cool. wanted to be either a writer or a rock star. So I, I went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> you went the other way? I, yeah. I went the writer way. Um, but yeah, I played all my life in bands and things. Supported myself in the UK when I was studying over there in, in with music. But um now, you know, I'm throwing me back to, you know, 13 years old, going to band camp, <laughs> nerdy mm-hmm. bad camp, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, one day in band camp. Oh, yes. <laughs> As a band camp and, kid, I have heard it many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was an, uh, a girl who was old enough to drive who was a few years older than I. And she was sweet enough. She lived in the neighborhood to because uh, she was also in band to take me to the summer camp which took place always like two weeks before school started so we could learn you know everything we had to learn to go out in the marching band on the football field and she was 18 i think 17 or 18 when she passed of illness oh so now there's a young teenager and directly connected with you again yeah yeah um and then there was a 
house in the neighborhood amongst the 30 that was down near the bottom that was one of the oldest homes in the neighborhood most of them were like 60s 70s you know you know brick faced um brick built you know ranch houses things like that this one house was an old farmhouse down at the bottom it was one of the earliest homes you know wood i remember waking up in the middle of the night as a child um maybe young teenager and the skies instead of being black were just blazing red Mm -hmm. and my family got up we all went outside the whole neighborhood it was outside at probably three in the morning or something and that house that i mentioned was on fire and it's alleged i'm not making any accusations but it's (laughs) alleged you know people that was the talk that that the mother there was a bit loopy and had actually raised it to the ground by catching it on fire so there's a house that goes up in flames um you know we did some weird things in the woods that were violent and nasty and sure. like not as bad as what happened in the woods but again very disturbing like there was this mm-hmm. weird draw that was like possessing our normal conscious conscientious thought where suddenly it was a whole different set of rules almost like it was a real war instead of a you know teenage pretend one sure uh, and then gosh one of my best friends after I went to college and was um, in England then at that stage. So he would have been probably in his 19, 20 range, something like that. Hanged himself in the woods. So, you know, there's just out of 30 homes or so we had an inordinate amount of tragedy that took place. And it sounds like all within 10 years or so. Yeah. Yeah, And all, all from that neighborhood area, like way beyond the statistical average of acceptability Mm, for tragedies. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's more than that too, but those are just some of the most poignant ones that come to mind. So when I was growing up, all of this stuff was going on. I, especially after my father, I had a whole lot of fear as a child. Like I would, I became very, um, very much the homebody, reclusive, you know, getting afraid to go out and do things and things like that. And my buddies, I was probably about, I don't know, 15 or so at the time, my buddies were going to go out to watch this horror film that was at the theater that had just launched. And I remember like my family and, you know, friends saying, come on, you should, even my family, like my mom was like, just go, you have a good time. And I was afraid to do it. But I succumbed to peer pressure. I was like, okay, I'm going to hate this. I'm already scared as a, (laughs) On an, I already have anxiety as a, yeah. as a young teenager. So to go to a horror movie is just going to kill me, but I'm going to do it, right? I'm not going to be the puss bag. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I went in there and I was mesmerized the whole way through and I came out and I was still alive and everything was all well in the world. And yeah. I was like, wow, that was a hell of an emotional roller coaster. And I survived it. How cool was that? Yeah. And that, in that moment, I was hooked. And that movie was Christine. Oh, so good. Yes. Yeah. The, One of my all times. I'm a huge Carpenter fan. Yeah. Yeah. 58 Plymouth Fury. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah the yeah. light headlights come on. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Chris, I got to see Christine at the drive in. I think it was last year and it was. Just, oh, I bet that was yeah. fun at the drive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they had one of those cars there. They had a. <laughs> oh, that uh, would be awesome. It yeah. was cool. You kept looking yeah. over, like, what's going on? What's it going to do? Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> that I think Christine, I, I would say that I'm a huge Carpenter fan in general. So for you to for you to mention Carpenter just warms me a little bit. Uh, that's yeah. That's excellent well, that was the, that was the tipping point because after that, I was and not only was I no longer afraid to do like horror films and that, but then I started diving into the films, mm. diving into the books. More importantly, I started right. looking at digging into Stephen King books and Salem Lot. Salem's Lot is my favorite, from, yeah. right? And Pet Cemetery. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of older King. I've sort of gotten away from some, a lot of the newer stuff over the decades. I adore older classic King though. I think for me, that's, that's amongst his best. And um, yeah, I couldn't get enough of, of like I'll read pet cemetery over and over and Salem's lot and things like that. Sure, Right. Um, So that really made a difference that film. And then of course, and here's the interesting thing, how cathartic that was, is that I actually started to be less anxious and less afraid of life in general as a teenager. Mm. It actually gave me a little bit of courage to go out and say, you know what, life doesn't have to be as bad. Like, you know, you're you're so afraid of things all the time that you're really not living at all yourself. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, it sounds corny, but no, it's no, true that watching that movie and having that experience shared with my my buddies and coming out of it okay and realizing that you know you could face fears and 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 it doesn't mean that you're destroyed in them yeah. it really made a difference yeah. to myself as as a young man and um i'll always remember that for the rest of my life for sure i have a very similar story with the exorcist that's basically what happened to me but it was the exorcist <laughs> and right. uh i was so obsessed and terrified that i read the book and I watched all the interviews and listened to all the, you know, the the talk about it and read all the behind the scenes. And I just, I was like, how do they do that? And what's, why is this scaring me? And I would just watch it over and over and just absorbed it as much as I could. And uh, it eventually I was like, oh, I love horror. I'm no longer terrified. I'm right. just enthralled. I'm, uh, it's my thing now. So there's something that, about that. You know, there yeah. was actually a study, a sociological study, um, in the time of deep COVID around 2020, I think. I'm sorry, I can't quote exactly, you know, the, sure. the university or the group that did no, it, but it actually talked about resiliency um, amongst people who um, enjoy horror, whether it's, you know, haunted houses, reading horror novels, going to horror movies, uh, that there is, that they found that those individuals had a higher resiliency to handle things such as devastating tragedies like a worldwide pandemic sure. um, than people who didn't do the same thing. It was, right. It's almost as if um, they're able to prove it's almost as if that it, it prepares you, right. That it builds yeah, up right. your immune system against terror yeah. so that whenever something like that comes along, that's very real and very palpable that you don't feel quite as negatively affected as sure. someone who maybe doesn't engage in, in enjoying horror for entertainment and sure. i thought that was pretty interesting i wish i i wish i had known we would talk about this i would have got the study out but it was oh that's okay well, that's interesting, interesting though yeah. i didn't yeah. hear that but i, I that I'm, i mean i don't have any trouble believing that that right. is the case right well uh, i experienced it myself for sure yeah sure and, and you same. know you mentioned the exorcist um i actually have just finished it again um this morning over breakfast <laughs> i read i read really? the exorcist now probably about every two months and i certainly read it a lot when i'm writing here's the interesting thing i actually know i saw the film i never actually read the exorcist book the novel scared me more yeah Yeah. the book scared me until gosh until probably a year ago really first time i really actually read it i mean i i glanced it browsed it you know what i mean but 
actually sitting down and reading it, absorbing it page by page, word by word, and just really taking it all in. I never did that until about a year ago. I read in the seventh grade. It killed me. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) But here's what's cool is that knowing what I said to be true, how interesting that before I ever properly read The Exorcist, that I actually am so honored that I have not just one person and it was the one out of you know, all the books I've sold, but many, many, there's a running thread of theme here that people say, like, it's the scariest book that they've read since The Exorcist. Wow. Uh, one of the first reviews I received, and there have been many that have echoed that. That's high um, praise. Yes. And having a very high praise. Um, and how interesting, because like I said, I'd never actually really read it until last year. And by that time, The Little Woods was, you know, already out and getting mm-hmm. those comments. Right. And I think maybe that's what spurred me to actually go get it. So I actually found a first edition copy oh, wow. on eBay sure. and bought it. And I adore it. And I cover it all the time. Yeah. yeah. But what I really love is that here's the weird kismet of it, is that having never read it until long after The Little Woods was out, I now see some similarities in certain things and how Blatty and I both approach for example, he has this italicized inner monologue that he does where the, the character right. is talking mm. his thoughts to himself, and he uses that in italics. And that's something that I did in Little Woods long before I even read Blatty's book. Um, you'll see all, throughout the Little Woods and throughout all my books, right. when they, when the, even though it's written in third person, when the characters are thinking and speaking to themselves internally, that that, that monologue comes out as a first-person italicized section i actually was going to ask you about that and you already answered the question oh there you go yeah that's my psychic ability (laughs) (laughs) play the number four on the lottery (laughs) (laughs) this this kind of uh leads me to uh we actually got an email from a listener um named juan and juan sent in two quick little um just creepy stories things that have happened to him and i i haven't actually read through these but they're very short uh so i want to i want to read these and we'll just uh get our thoughts on these here um so he says um hey dk and chris it's halloween month time for some scares i got some stories that recently happened to me uh, that you might be interested in um so number one it says not too long ago my uncle in ecuador passed away my mom was over there for vacation my sister left with the kids and her cousins to a pool I was home because I had the week off. I had the dogs in my room, Zoe and Snoopy. Oh, that's great names. Uh, They were napping. I was watching Stranger Things when out of the blue, Snoopy started growling at one specific spot of my area, and Zoe did the same, but they looked terrified. Both of them were staring at one specific area as if someone was there. I was home alone, so it kind of freaked me out. I told them it's okay, nothing is there, but they kept growling for 30 minutes. That really freaked me out. Um, my guess is that my uncle came to say goodbye, but the dogs felt his presence and started acting strange. It was a creepy experience. That is weird. When the animals start to do that Mm -hmm. and it's like, what do you see that I don't see? Right. Right. What's going on here? (laughs) Right. Um, that's kind of also a touching moment. Uh, you know, that's a nice thing to to think that maybe it's your uncle who's coming to say goodbye or whatever. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and then for number two. Uh, I recently changed jobs and work in a warehouse. My coworkers say the place is haunted by a little ghost kid. In my second week of working there, there the shelves there are shelves with boxes. Uh, uh, let's see here. So I was alone in the aisle picking a product to deliver when out of the blue, a box fell right in front of me. I freaked out and checked to see if anyone was around to see what happened. Nobody was there. Uh, 
Every once in a while, you hear boxes falling or random objects in the aisles. You never want to be alone in that warehouse. Things get creepy when no one is around. Now, I have worked in a warehouse. It's been about 12 years. Um, yeah. And uh, I I can attest to the strangeness of a warehouse at 3 a.m. There is right. something. There I'm is sure. something yeah. there sometimes. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm There's sure. Anywhere when you're working night shift is weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. So, I agree with that. You know, he was, Juan had mentioned about the dogs. And do you mind if I share something real quick? Please. Oh, that's why we did it. Yeah, yeah that's why we awesome. did it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't, I've had so many happen that um, I can't possibly, we could be, we could have a whole 12 hour marathon <laughs> of, of AG Mock's real life horror stories sure. or ghost stories. Oh, no. um, and I'm actually proud of that because I've never like deliberately tried to tap into that. Um, I, I believe I'm not a, I'm not a, like a very religious person. I'm not a Bible thumping. Like, you know, you have to be at church on Sunday or else you're not a good person. That's not what I believe right. at all. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And there's some real joy, right? Whenever you go and celebrate, in a, an environment like a church and you're at a mass or a service or whatever. And there are other people who have the same mindset and belief as you. That's mm. very comforting. And there's a lot of joy there. But for me, my connection to God and the universe is very much, there's a lot of Della in me. I mm. believe in God and the universe, right? That, that awesome rock band, God and the universe. <laughs> <laughs> right. It comes out on stage with a big guitar. <laughs> I, uh, I'm very, very much Della that in that way. Um, and I feel that spirituality is a personal thing. And I, I talk to God all the time and I have epiphanies or what I call downloads where I, you know, where things happen and I'm just like, just suddenly just hit with this, like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. I've had moments where I've actually, you know, this might sound bizarre, but I've had moments very rare, but one or two where I've spoken to God and, and I've had answers back very very clear one was actually audible through another person and it was Whoa. devastating it was my nephew who was terminal at the time and it's just a terrible story but um is that i believe that i believe you know that that's all around us i i that if you follow theories about and i don't even know them enough to try to identify which ones i'm talking about but my own spirituality is that you know we and the spirit world and that energy are all coexisting and the question is are you when someone says that they experience these things is it because they only happen to them and not to him but only to her or is it because maybe that person's just more in tune to it whether it's right. a deliberate effort or whether they just are naturally sensitive to it and i'm right. i'm of that latter camp i believe that these are happening all around because anywhere I've lived in the UK, the US, any home I've ever had, it's always quote unquote haunted, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the likelihood that it's just happening to me is is very unlikely. Right. Um, right. The odds just don't line up. I therefore have come to naturally, I believe, appreciate that this is happening all around us at all times. It's just that somehow I'm still tuned into it sure and i think when yeah. we mentioned about childhood right that i think kids just like animals are very Natural. naturally in tune with that energy that vibration 
And as adults, again, remember, we've said this earlier, we, we push that down, submerge and immerse that with reality and logic because that just can't happen. Because how does one function in a world when that's allowed to happen? Can't do it. I have to go work. I have to push all that away. You know, I can't think of, you know, my, my ancestors, my friends, you know, whatever around me. I just have to focus on what I can see, the material world. Sure. And I, I think those people who are in tune to it, and there are still some, I believe I'm one, um, have held that childlike instinct, that intuitiveness. And I believe pets have that sure. um, as well. And so when one says his dog saw something, boy, I, I have no doubt. Because when I was in St. Petersburg, Florida, where we just moved from, I had a small historic bungalow. I know for a fact that that bungalow had the spirit of a young boy in it in the second bedroom. It was just a small bungalow Hmm. um, built in the 20s. And I know there was a boy, um, and I won't go into all all the reasons why, but I kept seeing things, hearing things. The door kept locking in that second bedroom from the inside. It's annoying. (laughs) Yeah. um, And I would. And a little startling. The first time you're like, wow, that's weird. I don't remember doing that or how I, how did I do that? It's an old 20s knob as well. It's the original knob where you actually have to lift the knob. There's a little lock that goes up, a little latch that goes up on the inside of the knob, not down, not gravity fed up. Right. And when it goes up and you shut the door, it's locked. So I'm like, well, how's that happening? That like the knobs, (laughs) if it fell down because it's an 80 year old little latch, then I can understand it because it's only a small little thing, but how would it automatically fall up? Yeah, it's got to go up. Yeah, and I kept like, and I would. I mean, I say kept several times, not every day, several times over you know the first six months of being at the house. That door, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd go to, and I would like whack my face into it (laughs) because the door, I'd keep moving and the door would not open. Yep. Um, And then I knew something was going on. And then one night I had a, a dream that was very lucid, and um, you know maybe you call it a vision. I don't know where it was just. And it was a very friendly, very benign young boy who was in that room. And he was just letting me know that he was there. Wow. Um, and that was fine. But one night I was watching TV, hanging out with my border colleague, just the two of us. Um, I wasn't married to my wife at the time. She lived in another town. And same thing as Juan, out of nowhere, nowhere there was nothing happening outside in the house there was no change in obvious you know environmental stimuli sure out of nowhere chico my walsh border collie just goes ballistic he's staring at the second bedroom that i just mentioned oh the oh, hair wow. and it gives makes my hair yeah. go up when i'm thinking about <laughs> it because it's so real like for sure i'm getting goosebumps his hair goes up the hackles on the back of his neck goes up he's growling not just like barking like woo woof i think i hear something he's and he's scared yeah he's he's becoming aggressive and he's focused on that room well i turn down the tv and i like it's okay boy and then he keeps doing it i then go and walk over there and i walk into that room and like my hair is going up right now sure yeah and the energy in that room was not the energy of this little boy it was mm. a very oppressive very frightening energy and he she i turn on the light um and chico goes into the room now with me very tentatively along my side like to protect me but also very wary that he's walking into what he knows to be danger and he goes to the one corner 
and lifts his head up as if he's looking at a person and he's looking and barking Whoa. and growling oh. at the corner where there's nothing <laughs> with his yeah. head not down like where an animal might be right. like a mouse but his head is like up as if he's looking at a person oh, and he's going ballistic well that's it so i call my fiance at the time she calls somebody we take pictures and video we catch this weird shadow she's really psychic friend wow. of hers the psychic friend freaks out like i feel really gross with this picture Whoa. Like, you got it sage the house i felt gross too everything just was very weird and this was a whole different an entity or energy than the mm. very friendly right. little boy where he came from i have no idea but um i basically like exorcised him with sage and clearing out and walking around with you know saying prayers and having a cross in my hand and things like that and it took about it, it was an instant it took probably about a week of doing that like praying very very genuinely praying deeply. Mm. I grew up Catholic, although I'm not any longer. As I said, I'm very spiritual, though. And praying and um, saging and just doing everything you do to say, you know, you on your way, right? This is mm -hmm. not a place right. for you. I wish you no harm, but I won't accept harm upon me or this house. You know, you, you need to find your place elsewhere, sure. um, wherever that is, you know, move on. And uh, it took about a week, and but then it never came back. But yeah, so what Juan experienced, I'm sure if we have people watching right now, they could say that they either have had that as well at some point or know someone who has. I, I almost right. can guarantee you'll have people say that, yeah, I had that experience too. Sure. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> sad. That would be, especially Home Alone and the dogs freaking out. Right. I, yeah. yeah. I, I Catching the shadow was, was really weird. Um, it was sort of like person height shadow and the my wife is not um sensitive in that way but she's very much a believer like me spiritual mm, right but she had a friend who was you know a, a, a proclaimed well-known psychic in the area who she sent it to and um just said quickly this is what's happening like in real time and here's the video and a still shot of the video that my fiance just took what do you think and the psychic friend got back to her like you know like i i'm i'm sort of going to tap out here but it's oh. very dark oh. <laughs> it's very that's dark. encouraging chris you know, know right <laughs> I remember the scene in paranormal activity when the psychic comes over and it's like no 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 he's See, like i don't want to be somebody else. i'm out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know if i have a friend i'll call him wait, wait. Right, right. i can't beat it right yeah. now yeah. But she was helpful. She said, you know, this is not something to, this is not that little boy that she didn't know about the boy other than us, us conveying that like, Hey, we right. know that there's a boy there, but it's always been a very benign, if anything, friendly, mischievous, almost little thing. But no, this was, um, this was very dark, very oppressive. I don't get scared easily by that stuff. And it freaked me out when Chica was going nuts. And when boy, when he went to that one corner, just inches away and put his head up, like, yeah, you would get out of my oh, house. Yeah. That was that was the thing. <laughs> if he put his head down, I would have thought, okay, he's found some kind of stupid mouse yeah. that got in or something, right? right? But when he put his head up and was going yeah. nuts right into the corner of nothingness, that's yeah. when I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's get some sage, let's that's get it. a Bible, let's say some prayers, <laughs> let's just say it's yeah. time for you to move on. I don't wish you harm, but this is not your place. <laughs> time to go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't really have anything. I mean, I've had some weird things happen. I see Chris is going to start yelling at me already. DK, I would think that you're swimming in Egypt because you're always in denial. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because we've experienced it together at your house. 
you've called me and I've told you because to a degree, I kind of feel like I'm a little sensitive because I, I, you know, grew up Catholic and actually uh, I've got plenty of stories. My grandma used to live about a block and a half, two blocks from uh, a house in Belnor, St. Louis, which is the actual real exorcist house. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's two, the and there's a really good book. It's called The Devil Came to St. Louis, which is the actual story of the real person that was involved in the exorcism case. Roland Doe? Roland is that Doe right? is, that's, that's the name they call him. They finally, he passed away recently and they mm-hmm. they announced his name, which I off the top of my head, I can't remember. Yeah, good name for a baker. Can I ask a question? Roland is he Doe. The, is he the Marin? character the 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 old the old world priest that that had archaeology experience or was he more of the the character who's the psychiatrist no he he, the 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 actual person is the reagan the reagan yeah yeah. okay the inspiration was a boy yeah yeah the the actual inspiration was a boy he's actually the reagan character yeah Yeah, if you if you remember Blatty was inspired by a news article that he read. Wow. Uh, and it was about that story. Yeah, it was uh, 1949 is when it all took place in that wow. couple of years span. And this uh, is St. Louis. I didn't know that. Yes. Well, yes. from Maryland. It started to in Louis, Maryland. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The whole story with that. And um, they actually, um, St. Louis University, works, you know, it's a Jesuit college. So a couple of the priests from the Jesuit college were the ex- the actual exorcists. Um, some of it took place in the actual rectory that is torn down and rebuilt now. And then we had uh, the hospital. That's the creepy one. That's the creepy one. Yeah. This is why I always heard about it as a kid. Well, my dad nearly, because they had to- finally torn down the Alexian Brothers Hospital late 70s. And as a side job, my dad was a police officer normally, but as a side job, he was security during the demolition of the hospital. So when I'm, you know, I'm six or seven at the time and, you know, my mom was busy. So, you know, you figure in the seventies, it's kind of like. A lot of people, especially night, they're like, do whatever. We don't care as long as <laughs> oh, yeah. you know. well, we were all last week, Chris. It's yeah. the 70s. So well, you can do what but, you want. Yeah. So my mom, why, I, I told you that story of mine, the yeah. Yeah. Dalton yeah. inspired story. I mean, I was nine or 11. I mean, I don't know if anyone would leave a nine or 11 year old. Yeah. I don't have kids, but you'd probably. Mine's right. nine. Mine's nine, yeah. and I would not leave her. I don't know. Right. It's not, not at the 70s. That, like you said, 70s were like, man, nah, just don't burn the place down. We'll You're see. You're good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, my mom had some stuff to do with her you know, my grandma and my mom was like, well, you go with your dad. You can sit at, you know, at his work in the shack, you know, it's going to be no big deal. So we took and went a tour of the hospital before it was even when they were preparing it to be torn down. And there is that room to the day that it was torn down had remained locked and the furniture and everything else that was still Mm. in there was still in that room really yeah and you wow. can feel literally feel it you know like you see in the movies the temperature difference it was within 10 being 10 feet in the room you can start feeling the temperature drop was wow. there an air vent there chris no 
not in not in that span. And and, and you're it's in the seventies. AC's not really a thing that oh, much. Oh sure, yeah. So, you know, I mean, literally, and and it was in the middle of the summer. So you're talking. It was cool walking through there, and yeah. and to this day, I still remember hearing stuff kind of shift and move. Not not so much like footsteps or anything like that, but like hearing like something scrape across the floor. Or something kind of just jar for a second in that room. And that will stay with me for the rest of my life. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. And even passing by the house, because the house still stands. And actually, it's had several, several owners that have tried to, you know, fix it up and everything else. And I think recently, the person that has it now, they're like almost finally finished with the house. And they've they've had tons of reports, but I mean, I've seen you, it on shows recently. That yeah, they've gone there and done investigations and things like that. Right, at the home. Interesting. Yeah. Right, um, and even passing by that house, you just feel there. You know, like you were talking about the woods, you feel just kind of the air change and the moon and, change. Right, around and you can. You. Right, I believe that. I believe. I know you can. I mean, I felt it many times in my life. It's and that's what I try to tap into with my books. Um. There's nothing wrong with just a good old, like, you know, zombie story. Right. Sure. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just fun as heck. But, yeah. um, you know, the Little Woods and the New Apocrypha is, t- is trying to tap way deeper than that into the whole. If you know that, you know, if you read the books, you know that there's yep. this it's bringing it is actually it's actually theorizing this correlation between um, the ancient um, Judaic Book of Enoch mm-hmm. and the Book of Revelation by St. John. And how that, you know, although they were written far apart from two different approaches um, to religious doctrine, that they are actually conveying one and the same thing. And then fast forwarding that two millennia into, you know, our era. And that's what the Little Little Woods is about. And I really try whenever I can to tap into what you're saying there, Chris, about the whole that sort of that weird invisible thing that you it's not tangible but something right. that makes the hair stand on the back of your neck that sense of foreboding that one gets whenever you're yeah. in certain situations or um as opposed to just you know someone necessarily coming at you like michael myers in a mask or something. right <laughs> nothing wrong with that but i try to tap into that sort of deeper like so that whenever you turn off the lights i think when you go to bed you're probably pretty assured that a man in a hockey mask is not going to come and machete right. you sleep. He's at, he's at summer camp. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. That. Right. <laughs> <laughs> however, I, I'm trying to make you, however, wonder if when you turn off the lights, maybe something at a much deeper source of that kind of evil mm-hmm. might be permeating sure. in the area around. Right. You. Sure. I know DK will roll his eyes with this, but I always say the the thing that scares me the most is <laughs> I know I know you're gonna say it. You say this every day to me. I even do. If I don't ask, I know it's it's not when you reach into the room to turn the light on. The monster in the room when they come on, right? It's if you reach into the room and the hand that's in the dark guides your hand to the light switch. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's 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 the kind of thing that scares, you know, that right. I actually really gets me those kind of those feelings. 
Right. Those intangibles. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that comes from a whole, you know, you don't expect to turn on your light and see Michael Myers there, but there's, right. You turn on the light because you know that there's this sense. It's just something nebulous that right. is more of a feeling and it comes because there's some, a presence there. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, before sure. we wrap up, I did want to just quickly talk about, um, I recently saw the movie, um, Barbarian. Chris, you watched it? Yes, yes. AG, have you seen Barbarian? I have not. Okay. Um, it's it's really not related to your work in any way, really. But I, Chris, I, I know you wanted to, to just to discuss it really quickly. Uh, yeah. I know people will expect us to talk about it today. Right. And um, I just wanted to quickly say that I, I liked it, but I did not think it was... I'm hearing all kinds of things about like, oh, it's shocking. It's, cra- it's crazy. It's so wild. No, and... It feels like entry level horror to me. Like it feels like a quiet right. place or something yeah. along those lines. Which no, is good I for just them. jump in there. Is this the yeah. one that is being touted that like it's the scariest movie ever put on film type of people thing? People are saying that it is scary. Yeah, it, it, I think it's for people who don't watch a lot of horror. Right. And there's okay. a there's a twist, you know, halfway through that is I can would be very shocking if you'd never encountered it before. Right. But as a horror person who only watches horror pretty much, there's there's twist is no big deal no. to me, you know, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, no, it's, my it's comment for, it, yeah. uh, people who don't watch horror for sure. Yeah. My comment, it was really good. It's probably the best one this year. I don't know if I can not, even agree with you on that. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Go on. I, mainstream horror. Okay. The and stuff that's, what that's out is. in the theater. I like stuff Halloween that's out ends the more. Theater. I have to say, but that's because well, I love Halloween. Uh, I know. You're, yeah. <laughs> You were you were a lot more warmer on Halloween than I was. Uh, Corey for life. <laughs> we could have had about a thirty-minute movie, and it would have probably been the best. No. Um. Anyway, aside from that, uh, I honestly, you know, for mainstream horror wise, it was probably, in my opinion, like one of the best ones this year. It was a fun watch, but I, not... but it would not be on any top ten list of mine whatsoever. Are you talking about Halloween? Or are you talking about Barbarian? Barbarian. Okay, yeah, uh, I would agree that it was fun, like a three out of five or something. I, I I thought it was fun and I would watch it again, right? Uh, but I just it did all this thing where it would set things up and then never pay them off. It was all these intentional red herrings with no payoff. But it's like, <sighs> do you know what I mean? It, yeah, it's like we focus on the snake charm. We focus on like li- lines of dialogue or the person who keeps calling the woman and she just keeps ignoring it. It never right. pays off. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, that was the one one real criticism I had with it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was it was a fun, almost like you said, entry level horror movie. I think it is, and I think people should see it. Yeah, but I don't I don't think it's gonna give you nightmares by any means. But like I mean, as in overall, not not just mainstream. I think Deadstream was like I far it. better. That's a fun that's, culty that's type a, movie. Yeah, that's I, a different one too. Yeah, yeah. That was really fun, but. Um, Ag, do you do you subscribe to Shutter or any of those uh, streaming? You know, services? I don't, and um, that was a, like a conscious decision. I mm. have so so many very, and I cut the cable a long time ago, so sure. I just we just have over there antenna and then streaming services, um, right. and I have so many options just from there. Yeah, um, especially now this Halloween, you know, everyone yeah. brought out like way of Hulu and Hulu has its Huluween, sure. where there's right. know, all these different options. New Hellraiser, but, yeah. Um, Yep. You know, and you know, one of the ones surprisingly that I have found has been one of the for like a five dollar uh, monthly fee has been Peacock. 
-hmm. and Peacock's bringing out all these things that are Mm -hmm. in theaters and you can watch them streaming same day for free. Right. I hopped back on Halloween ends. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I watched it at home. Right. If my wife and I went, you know, it would have been with the, the, the theater tickets and popcorn drinks would have been 40 bucks, 45 yeah, bucks. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And we got, I watched it at home and for included in my $5 yeah. you know, monthly sub. <laughs> right. Um, and they also did the same uh, with Black Phone. Yes, which I've seen about half of now which, and enjoyed. But I couldn't finish it. I, I yeah, didn't have time to for me, is one of the best ones of the year by far. Right. I liked it better than Barbarian, but I haven't even seen it all yet. Yeah. I love um, Black Phone. Yeah. Uh, I think Ethan Hawke's phenomenal in it. And um, I love how it's not just a straight up like slash serial killer horror mm-hmm. kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy with a mask and a knife. It's not right. just that. No. And it's it's not just a like a spiritual thing. It's got this elements of supernatural yeah. with right. the slasher guy. And I really enjoyed it because of that. I thought to me, I think it's way nuanced and and for me, one of the best ones of the year. So I mm-hmm. would highly recommend Black. The Man. moment when he has those balloons and snatches the kid was jar it was jarring i was like whoa yeah. that's so effective like he just disappears in a flurry of balloons into the back yeah. of the van yeah. oh my god it was wow yeah that was yeah. excellently excellently shot right. i really enjoyed yeah. that but the again i've only of- seen it i've only seen half of it oh <laughs> man well i love that one and i would i've seen yeah. it once i would like to watch it again but again mm. i told you i'm i've put all things on hold sure so i'm not watching <laughs> stuff and, and i also i'm also careful not to um i'm also careful not to watch too many streaming um films and things like that whilst i'm in the middle of like a heavy duty writing session right. and i completely because understand. i also don't want to inadvertently subconsciously draw on some kind of trope they brought up mm-hmm. right you know because i want my writing to be uniquely mine um and from my own experience and my belief set and things like that um so i'll sort of like avoid that i do read things like the exorcist over and over while i'm writing mm-hmm. um because I love, I find a lot of, um, I love his writing style and I just find a lot of, um, what's the word, I guess, not influence, but I'm inspired whenever mm, yeah, I read yeah, Exorcist. Because again, like I said, I wrote The Little Woods a very long time ago and then published it, you know, a year before I ever even really read the book. But because I then found like, wow, there's some similarities in how we write. I'm not saying I'm blatty, but at all i'm just saying there's some similarities in how we sort of address certain literary styles and um because of that i find inspiration there and i just i, I really enjoy it when i'm but that's the only one you know i could almost yeah. recite it you know, word for sure. word so have you it's seen not like i'm oh, not sorry. like i'm seeing anything new right uh that makes complete sense actually but i was just gonna ask you have you seen exorcist three no i have not okay that one is directed by Blatty himself uh, is and, and written yeah. by. Um, let me let me double check. I'm pretty sure that that's the case. And um, it's got George C. Scott as uh, Father, uh, or not Father, uh, Kinderman, as Detective Kinderman. Okay. And uh, boy, it's a really great watch. And it's, yeah. yeah, it is directed by William Peter Blatty. And he wrote the screenplay, obviously. And uh it's got what I would consider to be the greatest jump scare of all time. Um, and, and the writing of it is just incredible. It's so well written. Um, I would definitely recommend Exorcist 3, just maybe after you, as a treat after you finish when I'm part done. two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Um, Again, because I don't want to be interested in something new and be like, oh, I love that and yeah. accidentally try to incorporate it in yeah. what I'm right. doing. I think, yeah. I, honestly, if, if I had to give you one recommendation as a horror freak myself, right. uh, I think Exorcist 3 is something you should absolutely check out i think you'd really enjoy yeah. and appreciate i think particularly you as, as an author uh you know i i think there's so much amazing writing in exorcist 3 and so many incredibly good ideas mm-hmm. it's very subtle as well and some amazing visuals too it just really oh, works yeah. um that it is one of those scene visual is pretty one of the ones that got me the most was the, and i don't want to spoil anything but the um the scene in, in the confessional yeah with the voice. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I'm already oh, in trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, as soon as I'm yeah. done with the next book, I will yeah. I'm gonna jump on that one. Please, please, please do. Um so but, I know we need to get going, but yeah. um let me ask you. Oh no I worries. was I offered you guys an exclusive. Sure, please. Oh yeah. All right, and this is something that nobody knows yet. Um I've got a lot of followers on Facebook. None of them know yet, so I will definitely be touting that they should come and check out this podcast, and, and then they can learn this exclusive oh, awesome. news as well. Um, so I have been writing book two for a while since you know uh, the release of the Little Woods. I have also been writing the third book, so I've been doing both at the same time. Excellent. And okay. um, I've actually made a decision where. Initially, book two is going to be Shadow Watchers. Okay. Instead, okay. I'm actually going to make Shadow Watchers book three. Oh. Of the new Apocrypha. It will be the final book of the new Apocrypha and the series climax. So book two is number one is going to be out for the holidays. So okay. Anyone who's enjoying awesome. my writing and wants to uh, carry on with the new Apoc- Apocrypha series and follow up from the Little Woods can do so before the holidays and get a present for themselves or someone else. <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely determined to make that happen. Number one, so that's yeah. some some like hard set firm Excellent. announcement news there. And number two is I'm actually going to give you the title. Oh, all right. Number two is actually called. You ready? Yes. We had a drum roll. <laughs> Do it, Chris. <laughs> the only one that's not a drummer here. <laughs> that's how ironic. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Book two is called Disciple. 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 Yes. All right. Like intriguing. It. It's like intriguing. It. Yes. Yep. Disciple. Book two of the new Apocrypha. And then Shadow Watchers. Book three of the new Apocrypha will be the, again, the series climax. That I have penned um, for early summer 2023. Right, because so we're that's already that's yeah. already yeah. been in the works. So there will be there's been about a year and a half between the Little Woods and Disciple, which will come out right. um, end of November, early December. So that was about a year and a half, maybe twenty months. Mm-hmm. So a little bit longer than I would have initially hoped, but you know, then again, it's not as long as Top Gun, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but then from book, um, but look, see how that works though. Top Gun, the sequel was better than the original. And there you go. So, you know, good things come to those who wait. Yes. Um, and I like, I sort of look, think of it as like a fine wine, you know, it just gets better and better as you let it sort of just, um, just sit there and soak in all the flavors of the cask. I, I would never have re- released book two, even though it was pretty much done earlier because 
I let it sit and, and went back to it and then read it and then edited and chopped and hacked some part, some pieces <laughs> just completely to, to bits, like mercilessly, and then nuanced some and added some until it became Disciple. Um, awesome. And I'm, I would never release it unless I felt in my own my own critical opinion that it is even better than the little woods. Wow. And I believe that's finally awesome. achieved. So it took time for that to happen. Um, but then shadow watchers will come out probably only six or seven months apart from disciples. So the, the timeline, this, the separation between book one, two, and three is getting shorter and shorter. So anyone who's watching, who's a fan or who might not be, but hopefully would like to dabble in it and see if they like the books, um, little woods, now disciple coming out very soon and then shadow watches book three um i'm also really working hard shadow watches will be a definite for the summer of 2023 i'm also though working hard on a second book to come out in 2023 which will be a standalone oh. and i won't oh. go into that but it will be either i've already begun work on that it will either be a, a novel in a few novellas or it will be a novelized um edition of short stories that all together are interconnected and create the novel through individual storylines right that sounds great i like that 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 will be i want to get that out for like this time next year so hopefully 2023 we'll have two books out the conclusion of the new apocrypha series and then a standalone later on in the year wow that's awesome. excellent. Yes, I'm excited. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me yeah. share that. No, thank you for sharing. Man. Yeah, we're very happy to have you. And it was yes. a, it was a great conversation. I so much appreciate your time and and you know speaking with us about this stuff and you know answering our silly questions about your work. Uh, yeah, they were not silly. They were great questions, and I had <laughs> I had the best time. So awesome. I awesome. hope you'll invite me again very soon. Sure. Oh, absolutely. 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 All no, right. I do have a yeah, oh, I do okay. have a quick Chris, question. Chris, you got one more thing? Yeah, just That's one funny. more thing. Not that you want to sh- not that if you haven't, we don't want to see it. Okay. But has the graphic for Disciples been finished? Yes. The actually, I finished it this weekend. Okay. Wow. And oh, is it good? And have you stepped it up from from the little woods? It's yeah, there's still, you know, that sort of that sort of vibe and energy of okay. course. And it's but it's actually again, just like the the book itself is. Just like that one character that that um, what what Hitchcock called the uh, uh, the MacGuffin. What did what did MacGuffin? MacGuffin. 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 The one the the entity you mentioned, yeah. uh, Dustin, is is my MacGuffin, right? That's yeah. that, and he he. It's like that unseen thing that 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 builds the story and wraps the story around uh, all the way through the book. That continues in book two, but again deepens and darkens even more and becomes even more realistic and more cataclysmic and that that is conveyed in the graphic on the the, the front cover as well awesome excellent yeah, i think awesome. i love it i think you guys are going to really enjoy it as well and i wow. think it'll look nice sitting next to the little woods on the shelf excellent that's phenomenal excellent. well we're looking yeah. forward to it very much again i i do want to say great. thank you very much for joining us uh yes i had a great time chris i assume you awesome. had a great time absolutely <laughs> thanks for it playing my little thank game you so much yeah. Yeah. yeah that was great um yeah well i think that's it uh again thanks for uh checking it out we do have uh, a discord people can join um right we're on twitter uh, at geek Sinks. we have a gmail if you want to email us uh nerdsgeeksyncs at gmail.com um, but the Discord is probably the best place to hang out. Um, yep. If you want to get in there and chat, normally we talk nerd stuff, horror stuff, whatever stuff. 
So um, this was the perfect addition to our uh, yeah. to our little family here. So thanks once again, uh, AG, for joining us. And uh, hopefully we get to talk to you again soon. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. I appreciate the invite and I'll see you soon. Happy Halloween. Yes. Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween. Have a good one. All right. And I just want to remind all of our, all of our listeners oh. and new listeners, go get the Little Woods, uh, number one bestseller, US, UK, Canada. Uh, we'll have a link in all of our social medias. So oh, yeah. go get that book. Get it. Thank you so much, guys. All, all right. right. Have a great weekend. Happy yeah, Halloween you too. to you all. Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. We'll see ya. Bye. Bye.